I'm Helen Rabello. Welcome to the Turning Point Project. I believe that when you face a big transitional moment in life, you have to learn how to transcend your fears and honour the process, even if it gets messy in the middle. In this project, inspiring conscious creatives and entrepreneurs share their stories about how they used a turning point to move from a life that didn't fully fit to living in a more intentional way despite the messy bits. May these stories inspire you to trust your turning points and take a step forwards through your messy bits towards your more magical life. In today's conversation, I have the pleasure of talking to a lovely lady called Amanda Jackson, who is a photographer based in Malvern. We met in person for the first time fairly recently. And what I really love about Amanda's story is that unusually, she actually found her passion and knew what it was quite early on in life. But it then took her a few things to fall into place and a few realizations to happen before she really stepped into owning that and giving herself permission to base her work around it. So she shares some incredible nuggets of wisdom. This was a wonderful conversation. I'm sure you will get lots from it because she shares some really clear things you can do if you're feeling stuck or you know you want to do something and you would like to find a way to move forwards. So sit back and enjoy the conversation. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you for saying yes. And thank you for sharing your voice. Oh, thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So um, when I when I first shared this idea with you, did anything immediately pop into your mind in relation to any turning points in your life? I think I went through several stages where I was kind of thinking, do I have something significant enough? Is this actually worth mentioning? Is this interesting to anyone? And then I kind of thought, well, there's quite a lot. I've had quite a few little ones. And, um, and the more I thought about it, I thought about how nice it is to actually think of them as turning points and to kind of look at the huge impact they've actually had on my life and feel really kind of grateful for for these little things that have happened and changed things so dramatically for me yeah, yeah. oh I love that <laughs> that's that's a really refreshing take so the actual act of saying yes and then thinking about it yeah it's it's um there's a lot of said, lot said about gratitude these days and it kind of, anything that's kind of said too much, I tend to kind of rebel against. Like, oh God, everyone's talking about gratitude right now. But you know, it's, it's kind of a good thing. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and doing something like this and looking back at my experiences is, yeah, I feel very grateful for the options I actually had um, and options to get me kind of out of situations that were making me miserable. And yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of sent me in the direction I'm in. Like, I don't think there's anything I would actually change about my life, even though there's been some really difficult times. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, it's a cliche thing to say, but yeah, all these things add up to what we actually are experiencing now. And yeah, yeah I am really, I'm really, yeah, grateful. Yeah, definitely. And that is such a lovely place to be in, isn't it? It is. It sounds a bit smug though, doesn't it? <laughs> no, not at all. I think it's um I think it's a beautiful place to arrive at. 
Yeah, and I'm not saying life's perfect by any means, but yeah, but it's when you really appreciate the people that are in your life and the things you're doing creatively. Well, that's for me anyway. Um, Yeah, I I just yeah, yeah. So, um, so take me back in time, if if you would, to um, to and whatever time comes into your head where life didn't feel like that. Like maybe you didn't feel quite as quite as as though you'd kind of landed, you know, in terms of of inhabiting your body a bit more fully or doing work that you love. Maybe you're not quite accessing your creativity or expressing that quite so much. Mm. Can you can you take us back to a time when yeah, you like that? Probably, there's probably again a few times, but I guess if we're going all the way back, I'm going to go all the way back to being a teenager. And um, yeah, my accent confuses everybody. So um, I'm from Canada originally, but I've been in the UK for 16, 16 years now, 17, something like that. Um, And so I grew up in Toronto, great city, but I went to a high school. My first two years were at a high school that had about 1500 people, you know, bells rang, you had to run to your next class. Everything was really regimented. We had cheerleaders, we had catwalk shows, we had all the popular girls, popular boys. It just was not my world. I, um, I was really struggling. And yeah, that's, I, I was definitely quite depressed at that point. And I think, my parents talked to one of their friends. My dad was a teacher. And my dad talked to a friend who said, hey, why don't you check out this alternative school? Because they were actually called alternative schools. That might just be the thing for her. And we went for an interview and I just knew this is the place I need to be. And they had about 150 students at this school. And, you know, probably about a 50% dropout rate because it would be like the last stop for people before they kind of drop out anyway. Yeah. Um, and there was the misfits, which I think I would go into the misfit category. And there was a dark room and, and there are teachers you call by their first names and it was just a safe place for me. And wow. yeah, my first year there, I actually quit all my classes except for art and photography. And I just spent all my time in the dark room and that's when I discovered my love of photography. And I think actually I discovered it before then, but that was like the turning point. This is it. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and I just had fantastic teachers and, you know, you and me have talked about my struggle with perfectionism. It's still there. It's probably a lifelong struggle that many of us actually have this struggle with perfectionism. But I had a teacher named Jenny who was amazing I'd stopped doing any work at that point and um, she just said to me, Amanda, we don't need your best. Give us your average. Average will do. Save yourself <laughs> for another time. And like, that was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I started doing work again. Um, so yeah, that, that was definitely a, a huge impact going to that school. Wow. Yeah. I, I cannot actually imagine what it must have felt like to discover something like that. Yeah, that was, was such a huge contrast to the previous school. Yeah. <laughs> huge. That's amazing. Mm, was yeah. that, did it feel a bit like an oasis? Like you'd landed in a place where you could yeah, um, you and it was all okay? Well, I'd like to just say yes to that. But the truth is I was still struggling with depression. So, you know, I could definitely see how it was 
the best place for me. Yeah. Um, but I still had my ups and downs hugely, but I had just amazing teachers that really got me. They understood their students. And like at one point I was struggling to read because my attention span was just, I think because my mind is so active, but it always has been. I just couldn't concentrate. And my English teacher just said to me, well, let's, let's try this large print book. Let's see if that makes a difference. Like they just thought outside the box and they treated everybody's individuals. And yeah, that was, that was pretty amazing really. Yeah. Yeah, That's a really rare thing. Mm. I definitely, I don't know many people that have found places like that. You know, even if you're still going through your stuff. Yeah. And I think I spent most of my teenage years and my early twenties depressed or anxious in one way shape or form um to to actually be kind of be able to be in that and you know you're not somehow less than because of it in the eyes of of your peers and your teachers Mm -hmm. that in itself is quite an amazing gift isn't it yeah definitely and even if you don't totally realize it at the time there's something amazing to be able to just be able to look back on that and go gosh yeah that was, was a great experience I'm so lucky yeah so what so what happened once you left school I'm like let's just talk through your whole history (laughs) um yeah well I um I think you know from the age of 16 I then knew I wanted to be a photographer and you know I spent all that time in the dark room and and then fear crept in Mm -hmm. and I think I applied for a university in Toronto and got rejected. And so I ended up working full time for two years in retail jobs. And, you know, that kind of feeling of, oh, I'm never going to make it started to creep in probably there. And, you know, yeah, I applied again to the university again, just only got on the waiting list. And at that point I just went, you know what? I want to move to England. My parents are both English, so I spent a lot of time over here. And um, and my parents, this may come up a few times in our talk, are very risk averse. They very much, for themselves, for their kids, you know, really, we grew up not one thing. They just want to protect us. Yeah. They say, oh, you can't move to England, it'll be too hard. And you know, I was only 20, um, too hard, too expensive. Why would you do that? I was determined, totally determined. And so I moved here and moved in with my grandparents and I got into two colleges. I got into Cheltenham and Hereford, went to Hereford interview and just went, this, this is the place. This is my safe place. This is like my high school. I feel safe here. Um, And so, yeah, I studied there for two years, then worked in London for four years, part-time jobs and assisting photographers and then came back and did a final year that topped my HND into a degree. Um, so yeah, degree in photography. And then there was this, now what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now what happened? <laughs> Suddenly where have to go into the real world. <laughs> yeah, and like, and, but where is the real world? Where is it? How do I find this real world? <laughs> like, I'm just completely clueless. So, um, so again, slew of, part-time jobs um and kind of doing photography on the side but kind of feeling lost like I had no real way of how to achieve working in in the thing that mattered the most to me I think I was most passionate about um I just felt yeah 
full of fear and and just didn't really have an idea of what to do mm. to be honest um and that lasted for years yeah <laughs> and you know I had a degree and I wasn't using it and it just it was really difficult yeah um, so I just always felt like I was on the outside and I was never quite I was just never fulfilled yeah um, but I think you know I was just waiting for someone to tell me that now is the time now is the time to be self-employed and you can do it <laughs> yes, yeah um so so yeah I had a friend um in Wales who said to me one day Amanda do you ever just go and take pictures just for the fun of it just for you I was like no that has to be a purpose that's me reason that's me for a project and she went okay so I think you need to read the artist's way book <laughs> and I was really resistant so resistant that I didn't pick it up for a year and then I finally did I'm still kind of yeah rigid and then I just went oh oh no and the essays just really resonated with me and and the journaling writing three pages every day mm. um again that was a very popular thing to do so I resisted because that's what I'm like <laughs> um, I can relate to this <laughs> <laughs> yeah I just you know if it's popular I probably won't want to do it in fact I've only just started watching the Harry Potter films because I resist those for so I can relate to that too <laughs> <laughs> really good uh, <laughs> but um yeah, so the journaling thing was really interesting. And, you know, I, you know, started off feeling like, oh, God, just got to do these three pages. But then I, the questions start, started to come up that were really interesting. And I remember this is probably my key turning point was one day um, I was writing and saying, God, I just wish I could be fully self-employed. I want to quit my part-time job. I was working at school at the time, um, three days a week. And oh gosh, I wish I could, but you know, Duncan won't let me, my partner. And then I was sat there going, wait a sec. First of all, why am I asking for permission? Okay, yeah. there is a financial element there, let's be honest. But also, why am I asking for permission? And why is, he's never actually said, you can't do this. <laughs> so I actually put down my pen and went down and said, hey, <laughs> this has just come up for me. They've said, don't blame me. That's not my fault. I never said that. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. And I was like, oh my God, I can, can't I? So that was in October. And I just thought, okay, I'm going to work out the rest of the school year and I'll be self-employed. And it was just, yeah, that light bulb moment going, oh, I can be in control of this. I don't need to wait for someone else. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's that great quote in the artist's way that says, leap and the net will appear. And I loved that. I think it's probably quite dangerous to just think the net's just going to appear and you don't have to do anything to make it appear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I think is dangerous thinking. You, you do have to work at these things, but you leap and then you find your footing and you stumble a bit. And, you know, I still didn't really know how to find work, but I started just kind of figuring it out on my own. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I am three years into being self-employed now and, you know, things are, you know, getting steady. They're getting fairly steady. They're not, I'm, I'm not absolutely loaded. Some months are good, some months are bad. Um, but just the feeling of actually just doing what I want now is yeah. just great. And I guess it's just that kind of feeling that you feel, 
you don't have to ask permission. Again, such a cheesy kind of saying, but I just think I've spent a lot of my life waiting for someone to tell me what to do. It's not cheesy though. Um, I worry about that too much. <laughs> it's, no, it's the thing is, it's like, for, you know, when we're in our own heads dealing with this stuff, we, we kind of, and, and especially if we've come out the other side, I think we can actually forget how profound something like that realization is mm. because I definitely, I, th- I shared this with you before that um, I definitely was always waiting for a thing, you know, like some kind of entity to come along and, and something significant would happen that, that suddenly would make all of the fears magically disappear and <laughs> me to stop getting in my own way. And, you know, essentially for me to almost become somebody else so that i then had the courage to take that leap of faith and and so as innocuous as it might seem it's actually a huge thing that that really trips up a lot of people um and i love the fact that for you one of the things that helped was an external person because that all you know it's like that gets you out of your own head and the stuff you're telling yourself in your own head but also the artist's way because that that's been a significant thing for me as well, but by mistake, because I resisted it, because everyone yeah. was doing it. <laughs> yeah. it was like, oh, I'm not doing that. I don't see the no. point. <laughs> um, but, but I was lucky enough to see Julia Campbell do a presentation at uh, the Hay House Writers Conference. And she was so compelling in how she shared the strength of like the methodology, the why behind it, that I started putting it into place. And it, it's transformational i wouldn't have written my book without it so i kind of i love that we both share that it's really helped us both get over ourselves and And us talking about this is probably making loads of other people go resist resist i don't want to (laughs) i know the irony (laughs) i know but um you know when you're actually reading it when you're actually doing the exercises you feel like you're in your own bubble of your own world yeah 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 Yeah. so it just brings you back to what's actually important to you doesn't it Mm, it does and it teaches you how to be playful again and I definitely lost that yeah um yeah I definitely like you know education's fantastic fantastic thing but you know studying photography you become very project-based and think of things as needing to have a purpose um well I did anyway and I'd forgotten just how to take pictures for fun and I've been taking pictures for fun since I was eight years old and I'd forgotten how to do it yeah I'm really grateful to my friend Jasmine who just kind of pointed out that this was an issue (laughs) I hadn't realized (laughs) that it was uh yeah and so these days I still just um I go out with my 35 mil camera just for fun because you know I've got I've got a lot of cameras but it's kind of you know it's specific one 35 mil somehow frees me up it's the thing I used to use when I was in high school and I love film still and um yeah if you if something works for you and that makes it more playful just go with that yeah 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 absolutely that is see that is very very wise and wonderful advice because like actually just just the day before like yesterday (laughs) while we're actually filming this or recording this um I did a video about the easiest way to drop into your heart being to do what makes your heart smile um and of course, when you're 
when you're giving yourself permission to do something you you love for just fun just because as opposed to with an ends or a, you know a specific purpose to it you are you are getting out of this head business that's you know telling you all these things that it must mean and attaching all this rubbish to it and it and that's 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 where we find our joy every day and it's absolutely and also I think it's really important to remember that that takes time and practice to get yeah, back. It does. So yeah. If somebody was trying to tap back into that kind of playful joy, it takes time. It does. Being a perfectionist, um, and you probably being a perfectionist, we both kind of probably would start that process going, why isn't it working yet? Why am I not? Pulling? Oh, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but it, yeah, it just takes time to find that again. And um, yeah, it's worth doing. Yeah. So what is your, um, what's your biggest learning about yourself been as you've moved from, well, you've moved physically, but you've moved, you know, leaps and bounds metaphorically as well. So what's your biggest learning about yourself been as you've stepped more fully into ownership of your own creativity and given yourself permission to be self-employed and to play with your photography as well as do it professionally gosh there's been yeah quite a lot of things I think um I feel like I did I've gotten to know myself a lot better since I've become fully self-employed because Mm. I guess I was finally doing the thing I wanted to and so all this resentment's kind of gone (laughs) but um so I've kind of I've learned that I'm really resilient and I'm really persistent and I don't think I knew that about myself before um and yeah, I'm really determined and, you know, and I love my job. I love photographing people and I'm so glad that that's kind of contagious um, with the people I'm photographing because yeah, that gives me the greatest joy. I was up in um, the Peak District in the beginning of February and photographing this fantastic girl band in the snow and it was freezing. Um, with all their instruments and everything and it was so cold and they'd have to just really quickly take their coats off while we did pictures but one of them turned to me at the end and just said thank you your enthusiasm kept us going (laughs) oh wow (laughs) which is just really you know um it's really nice and just it shows when you're having a good time you know and um yeah I, I I think um, I worried so much about what other people thought before about me. So, you know, commenting on these nice comments I get back from people, it's lovely. But, you know, I've I've learned to care more about what actually matters to me, definitely. Um, and, And also just to sort of stick with my instincts and trust that integrity really matters to me and not following a style in photography that's cool and fashionable just to you know, do my own thing. Um, because there's a lot of photography that really upsets me. And I just feel like people are doing it with the wrong kind of purpose. Um, and yeah, to just trust me, trust my own kind of feeling about what feels right is, it's a good thing. Yeah. That's a huge thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not just a good thing. That's, that's huge. It can take us a lifetime to get to that point. And, you know, I may go through a phase next week where I start to go doubting it all again. That's the thing, isn't it? It's a roller coaster. Yeah. Um, 
like I, I have a bit of a phone phobia and then all of a sudden I think I'm over my phone phobia and then it comes back and you're like oh so I think <laughs> like that with a lot of things where you know it just kind of goes up and down um and once you know that it's it's quite reassuring as well yeah absolutely yeah it's finding peace with the ebbs and the flows you know I think um for me the analogy of yin and yang has always helped me make sense of things because I just while I'm while I'm like on a high of a wave I just I just make the most of it chuck myself into it enjoy the moment and I and I fully expect that at some point it's going to shift and change and go you know go back downwards again but you can't you can't really extract the full joy from those gorgeous high moments mm. if you don't know what the contrasting side is like yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. You've got to accept it, haven't you? That's just, it is just life. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but... I think um, having struggled with depression when I was a teenager so badly, it's it's definitely informed how, how much I appreciate things now. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, yeah. So would you say now you're in a... Um you know with all the with all the realities of being self-employed and obviously there are there are ebbs and flows and concerns that come with that I totally get that with what I'm doing um but despite that would you say that you are pretty much living on your terms I would say yeah I I think I am um you know uh I think I'll always find little faults and things. That's my nature, unfortunately. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I've kind of managed to carve out a life that really suits me. And yeah. it may not have been the life I thought I wanted when I was a teenager and I just discovered photography, but, you know, we grow up, we change. And I feel like I've, yeah, I've got this really lovely balance um, yeah, some months I might go, God, I really wish I had more work. <laughs> and then there's some months when I'm like, I can't cope because I've got too much work and yeah. I don't know how to cope. And that's, that is just the roller coaster of being self-employed. And as soon as you kind of acknowledge that, it makes it a lot easier, I think. Um, but you know, I love freedom. I, I still get up really early every morning and love coming up to my office and, you know, or going out on shoots and stuff like that. But I also really love having time to meet my friends for coffee and things like that. So, you know, I, I, freedom is really important to me and I hate routine. So I think, yeah, I think that's one of the things that's made me most happy is actually really going, yeah, I, I need this. Yeah. It's a freedom. Yeah. Mm. I love that. We're quite alike, you and I. It's quite scary. <laughs> Freedom is a huge thing for me. That's one of yeah. the reasons I'm doing a pop-up podcast as opposed to committing myself to a weekly Thanks one. Too. Ad infinitum. <laughs> so if you, could, um, if you could send a message across the ether to old you, say, tw tw 20 years ago, what do you think you would say, armed with the knowledge you have now? Mm. Uh, well, 20 years ago, I would have been 18 um, in my alternative high school. I think I would like to tell myself to take risks um, because, you know, I even though I'm in this place where I'm really quite happy now, I, I, you can, I do what probably a lot of people do and go, if only I'd done this sooner. <laughs> yeah, of course. You know? 
Um, and I'm sure loads of us beat ourselves up about that. I'm not going to beat myself up about it anymore. But yeah, that would be my message to take those risks. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and yeah, absolutely. Don't strive for perfectionism and just go for things. And, you know, it doesn't have to be massive risks, but small risks. Yeah. And just as soon as you start protecting yourself from all that stuff, you don't really get to experience things properly. So very, very true. Wise, wise words. <laughs> and actually, if you think about it, that message must have got through the ether because two years later, you did take a big risk because you moved country. That's true. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, gosh. I wonder if it felt like a risk at the time. I think it just, I felt compelled. <laughs> compelled. And, um, you know, it's funny, I actually met a friend in Bristol yesterday. We were talking about kind of getting used to living in a new country because he currently lives in Sweden and he's from here. And, um, you know, we we're talking about how long it takes you to adjust to a new home. And yeah. I was saying it took me ages. It did. Um, but I can't imagine not living in the UK. I love it here you now. And I've got, you know, yeah, lovely community of people around. So, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great accolade for following your following your guts, which is, it sounds like you kind of inherently tapped into that without necessarily consciously realizing that. And it's, it's led you to a place that's wonderful because you're you know you're experiencing ebbs and flows but you're you're just saying that's okay yeah and and you absolutely have to yeah the striving towards perfection is not a good thing so yeah um and like you said yeah those downs make you appreciate the apps more yeah yeah they do we're saying so many things today that just sound like hackneyed phrases but there's a reason because they're true (laughs) (laughs) so true (laughs) um so if if anybody um listening to this has a passion that they identified quite early on like you did um, but they maybe haven't acknowledged it yet. Is there, is there something you could share in the way of, I don't know, a recommendation maybe, or something they can play with so that they can start really honoring that? Hmm. Um, well, if there's something that they're starting to feel like, it could be a passion I would just say to explore it really and um yeah I think everyone works in very different ways but um you know if I was starting out and I was just interested in photography I would probably start looking at some of the kind of greats the classics in photography and start looking them up and seeing what inspires me um Because I think when I started out being a photographer, I thought you shouldn't look at other people's work because then you'd end up copying them, which was ridiculous. <laughs> um, because, yeah, if you're passionate about a subject, you're going to want to see other work, you know, and it's going to yeah. inspire you. So I think that's a good place to start. But also just to play yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if it was photography, get out there with a the camera and, and don't worry about the results. Yeah. Um, and if it's a digital camera, maybe turn the playback off so you don't see the pictures immediately and you have to kind of go out and shoot 
30, you could pretend it's a roll of film, say, then shoot 36 pictures and then go back home and look at the pictures and, and yeah. not do. But to play and experiment and um, enjoy the process. Another cheesy kind of cliched line, but I love it because um, that's something I'd forgotten to do. And now I do enjoy the process and that's yeah. really crucial. Yeah, I love that. That is such, such insightful advice. You know, it's essentially just, just start small. And, um, you know, in these days, it's so easy to just play with something in a really safe way, you know, and look, and like you say, check out other people in that, that arena. It's so accessible. We can all do that. And nobody even needs to know at first, you know, no, just, like, just worry about the outcome. I guess. your life on Pinterest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> oh lovely. thank you so much you've actually shared some incredibly rich and wonderful observations and um and i know it's a short time frame but it's really lovely having having that glimpse into how your life has unfolded and how how many turning points might have seemed quite small at the time but were actually quite significant Mm, I, I think, think it's, yeah it's i think it's a hear. fantastic exercise actually and thank you for for getting me to do it because it's it has kind of made me look at things go actually <laughs> things have been quite interesting and um yeah yeah i'm appreciative for for doing that process really but yeah yeah thank you thank you so much and and, and the same you know it's really made me stop and appreciate things as well and and if 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 there's anyone out there that's kind of struggling right now that listens to this and they hear something that helps them appreciate their process or appreciate things that have happened to them, then as far as I'm concerned, we've, we've served, we've served a need. We've, we've done our job. <laughs> so if people uh, are curious about your photography, which I have to say is stunning. Thank you. I haven't, I haven't seen anything of yours that I don't love. Um, unsurprisingly, maybe that's why I wanted to get you involved. Um, yeah. If people want to find out more about you, see what kind of things you do and what's on offer and what's happening with you, where is the best place for them to head? Okay. Um, well, my website, um, I will spell it out cause it's a bit of a funny one. So, uh, www.amandajaxn.co.uk um and on there there'll be links to my two instagram pages and twitter and everything like that um yeah two instagram pages are very different i've got a client based one and a personal work kind of documentary one so nice. um yeah that was uh i had them all in one and it was looking very confused so that was quite a nice thing to separate them so. i like that it's like you've got the play yeah. <laughs> and then you've got the more official yeah yeah perfect like that. yeah there's definitely quite a lot of play on uh my documentary type one yeah yeah that's lovely i love that and i do love your instagram pages as well i'm glad i found them both <laughs> <laughs> oh so thank you thank you so much for sharing and um i really hope people come and connect with you because you're a beautiful soul it's a delight to get to know you as a really relatively new friend and I'm really thankful that you've given us an insight into your world and shared some of your discoveries and your story so thank you 
Oh, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Turning Point Project. If you found this episode useful, I'd be so grateful if you could rate and review the podcast as it really makes a difference and will only take a moment. If you'd like to continue the conversation or ask me any questions, come and connect with me over on Instagram at Helen Rebello Author or join the free magical life movement at HelenRebello.com. Have a gorgeous, gorgeous day and I'll catch you in the next episode.